Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Masked Keaton, Andrew Laguori, Retro Overdrive, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog, Keith Gasper, and Diskimera. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Welcome to The Flight, a consumable curation of champions and catastrophes that is considerate of your chronometer. It's me, Chris. Once again, this is the Retro Hangover Podcast bringing this to you, and we have another list of five things to have you enjoy. That did not go as well as I wanted it to, but I am joined, (laughs) as always, by your host, Shane, the Dick Dragon. We we have things. And they're for the you, things. and we hope you enjoy. There are there are five of them. Only five. Only well, I guess five. ten. Well, yes, total. Yes, unless we agree on something. Yeah, <laughs> that never happens. That's a lie. We agreed. <laughs> there's we, the past two. We've agreed on something. <laughs> we just had it in a different order. That's for true. the first one, and then we had it. I was we had say chow the, raising. Yeah, say so the chow garden was actually in the the same exact spot, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what what are we what are we talking about today, Chris? What's our what's our patron selected top five this time? Well, today is gaming guilty pleasures, which oh. could mean anything. So I don't know how we interpreted this. So I'm gonna be very interested in how Shane classified a guilty pleasure as and where he put it. I I don't know. I kind of used it as something that's underrated or people don't like. Mm-hmm. I guess that's it. I don't like really activities. I don't know. I, I think this could be a missed opportunity that we, we may need to re-explore sometime in the future. But if it is, we'll we'll get back to it. But this is what we got for now. And I think I think you went first on the last episode, Shane, of the flight. So I think I'll take this away. But before we do, you have anything that you want to put out? Uh, no. I mean, so my my take on this in general was, I guess, things that I wouldn't say are like. I'm ashamed of because honestly, I don't really, I don't have anything that really falls into that category. Um, I guess it's more of like, I looked at it as things that maybe folks don't necessarily look at as quote unquote real games, um, or things that like, you know, the, the true gamers TM, um, might consider, you know, something that they would just kind of gamers poo poo at. Yeah. So the world's unite rise up. That's right. Um, so I guess that's kind of the approach that I took. But but yes, you're right. I did start last time. So I will let you kick it off at number five. Number five. All right. So my number five is Saga Frontier for the PlayStation. And you might be thinking to yourself, I thought Saga Frontier was a good game. And you know what? At least I think you'd be right. And I've always thought that Saga Frontier was a good game. Mm. I always thought that statement was the correct one. But the, the reason it's on this list so low is because of that modern thought. But for a long time, people hated Saga Frontier. 
which is a Squaresoft RPG for the PlayStation, which you have seven characters you can choose from. They don't really give you any direction on what to do or how you're supposed to do it. And the battle system doesn't have any experience points, but rather levels you up by what your characters do in combat. So if you attack a lot, you get strength and, you know, whatever goes with whatever weapon you're using. So if you're using swords, you get new swords abilities. Uh, you get new, you know, punching monk abilities if you're using your fists or uh, gun abilities if you're using guns. And conversely, you also get magic abilities. So your intelligent and wisdom and will will go up if you use a lot of magic spells. And that's also how you get additional magic is by using magic. So it's very much Western in terms of level progression. And people fucking hated this game <laughs> forever. Like when Saga Frontier 2 came out, there were reviewers that were saying, finally, Square corrected its greatest fuck up. And here we are, you know, more than 25 years later. And people are like, oh, wow, the Saga Frontier remasters coming out for the switch and all, all the modern consoles like you need to go get it it's like what 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 happened like when did when did this game become considered good again i'm happy about it but because for so long it was considered to be so bad it is my number five gaming guilty pleasure because i absolutely love this game all right so uh the bottom of my list is actually kind of just a a whole I gotta, I guess you could almost call it a genre. I don't know, because there's nothing that's quite exactly like it, but uh the the Lego games is <laughs> my number five. Just all of Good them. Pick. Just in yeah. general. Um I I haven't now, truth be told, I haven't played one in uh, a handful of years, but uh I've gone through a lot <laughs> of them, whether it's Lego Harry Potter or Indiana Jones or the Marvel ones or whatever. Um, I have played a lot of these Lego games. And the reason that it's on this list is because, well, for a couple of reasons, really. One is that I think a lot of folks just assume that they're just kids games um, and kind of dismiss them out of hand on that basis. And the other thing is, though, the the developers behind these games do try to you know, add stuff and kind of evolve the formula. At the end of the day, if you've played one Lego game, you've kind of played all of them for the most part. Um, that's true. But honestly, I, that's kind of what I like about them. They're, they're like the comfort food of games in a big way, I think, because, because of that, because you know what you're, you know what you're going to get, right? Um, you, you get in there, there's nothing that's like super, super challenging, but it kind of itches that like reptilian brain of like must collect all the things. And, you know, if you're a hundred percenter um, and I don't always do this with games, but for Lego games, I definitely do. I try to get a hundred percent completion on all of them because it kind of pushes you in that direction with how it keeps track of like, you know, the, all the, uh, the studs that you need to collect and, uh, whatever the particular games, uh, specific collectibles happen to be things like that. Um, collecting the, the letters and stuff. So, uh, so yeah, um, that, that's why it's at my number five, because I think though they're super formulaic and maybe just kind of get dismissed by a lot of people, I actually think for the most part, just about all of them are just a lot of fun to play and they're, they're, uh, you know, they're they're pretty low bar to entry. So so there you go. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I, yeah, I could understand why it's so low because 
You know, not many people might consider it a guilty pleasure because they are good games. Yeah. Number four. All right, my number four. Horrible voice acting. Huh. I love horrible voice acting. I, if you go listen to our episode on Sin and Punishment, I love the voice acting in that game. Shane told me that he thinks it's terrible, and I agree with him. Mm -hmm. It is just plum fucking terrible, and I love it for that. I am here for it. Give me more of it. I love the voice acting in Resident Evil. I love the voice acting in East 3. If it's bad and campy like in Deep Fear for the Sega Saturn, then I need to hear it. I love horrible voice acting. Give me more of it. No, it doesn't always work. But when it does work, like in the House of the Dead series, House of the Dead 1 and 2, oh boy, does it work. It is perfect. You can suffer like G did. Give me more horrible <laughs> voice acting. I love it. I love the camp. That's my number four. All right. It's a good pick. I like that. Uh, my number four is, again, it's just a, a whole collection of things. Uh, hidden object games on Steam. <laughs> uh, these vary wildly in terms of quality. Uh, sometimes they can be actually really well done. And then sometimes they are very clearly things that, you know, someone put some shovelware together and threw it on steam for $5 or whatever. But, um, and I guess I specified steam, but it's really just in general. Um, the, these kind of hidden object adventure story type games, for some reason, I, I actually do enjoy them quite a bit. Uh, and I've amassed a small collection of them on steam thanks to like bundle sales and, and stuff like that. And honestly, I think part of the appeal is just how like, solid like b tier most of these games are uh because much like chris's number four you do tend to get a lot of questionable performances when you play these kinds of games and that in and of itself can be pretty entertaining um so to me these are like the uh like the trashy romance novel equivalent of gaming. So that's that's why it's at my number four. Number three. All right, my number three was just going to be a game. But then I realized where I really derive my guilty pleasure from it. And that is getting other people to play it. And that is Bubsy 3D. Oh, no. I love getting other people to play Bubsy 3D. Why? Because I had to suffer through it as a child. I had to suffer through it again recently. And you know what? I don't necessarily hate it. I don't really hate it. But I do find it generally, well, not generally entertaining, very entertaining when other people have to play it and how much they understand how much this game sucks. I do realize it sucks, by the way. Just because I don't hate it doesn't mean I don't understand that it's a horrible, horrible game yes. that you, you hoist upon your worst enemies and laugh. <laughs> Not because you hate it, but because you know they're in for a bad time. And it's just put together well enough that you're always wondering if it, if it might get better, if there's actually something good there. And the answer to that is no, there is nothing good in the, there's nothing good here. There's nothing good in that game. But just knowing that other people have to play it and have to suffer through it, and I have to see those really bad graphics, cheesy voice acting, which, hey, there's number four again, mm. and just awful controls. 
it's perfect. It's perfect to see people experience this. It's perfect to hear people talk about their experiences. Uh, I loved it when our friends over the Secret Levels podcast, Goobs and Toby, had to play this game. I wish I was on the episode with them, but apparently I wasn't because I was going to make them too angry as I laughed at them. <laughs> I love it. People play Bubsy 3D. Be my guilty pleasure. I am here for you. You're a terrible person. I know. All right. Moving on. Uh, my number three. I've just realized as I'm looking at my list for this episode that almost actually all but one of these are just entire genres of games. Nice. So, uh, yeah. So my number three is pretty much any match three game that has like uh, even a modicum of RPG or like adventure tropes built into it. And by this, I mean, like, you know, puzzles and dragons or temple puzzle run quest. puzzle adventure or I mean, I suppose the the OG puzzle quest, which, by the way, is actually still a really solid game. It's really um, good. Uh, also more recently, like Harry Potter, Wizards and Spells. It's the same. It's the same recycled shit. And honestly, I'm surprised that companies still get away with essentially just making a fucking match three game and dressing it up with some different shit. But then on the same token, I'm also the person that ends up downloading and playing them for a while. So I guess I'm just enabling them in that way. But yeah, not not too much more to say on that one. It's just like that kind of fits into that mobile games are not real games, LOL arguments. Plus also match three is like probably one of the most low effort things that you can do. Number two. All right. So I guess I'm up to my number two. You are. And... All of my pals in, in the European and Oceanic territory are probably going to be a little upset with oh. this one. But my number two guilty pleasure is the Sega Master System. <laughs> and the reason I call it a guilty pleasure is because as much as I love the Sega Master System, I really can't think of a good game on it other than Fantasy Star. Well, I mean, there's a few, right? But for the most part, uh, it's, it's library is complete shit. But I love collecting for it. And I love playing the games on it because... Uh, I don't know. It's just like this this kitschy thing. Like, there's there's no reason I should have as many Sega Master System games that I do because there are only about three or four games that are worth owning for the Master System. But yet here I am with like seventy five games for the Master System because I I I just I have to support this little thing. Oh, I guess I can't support it. I mean, no one's made money off of it in over three decades, unless you're in Brazil. But mm. yeah, the the Sega Master System is is there. And it, it's cute, the the colors, it's very colorful, but its controller is just absolutely terrible and feels like mush, and you always have to have a Sega Genesis controller in order to play it properly, unless you can't do that, and then you have to play it with the terrible controller that comes with the system. But yet, I still persevere, and yet, I will still talk about the Sega Master System in the highest regards, while fully knowing that its sound, sound chip sounds like a bunch of Atari's being tortured. I understand that Alex Kidd is a completely unplayable game. And I understand that some of you out there love it. And I do too. But I love it ironically. Whereas you love it seriously. Which is why I call it a guilty pleasure. And you're probably very upset with me right now. And I understand that. And you should be. And I laugh at you. Look at number three. Shane? I mean, hey. At least it's got 
what is it, Gangster Town? Is that what it's called? Gangster Town, baby. Which yeah. you can't play on a modern TV. You have to have a CRT, as good as it is. That's true. But that I I I bring up that game like every single time we mention the Master System, only because that's it's worth bringing up. Well, it is, and it's one of the few that I owned since the Master System was yeah. my first console, and I had to play with that mushy shit controller. Yeah, and Rocky. And Rocky. Yep, that game also sucked. <laughs> All right. So what's your number two, Shane? Yeah, so my my number two um, is, is staying in a similar vein as my number three in that it's uh, mobile games, but specifically and this is more of a somewhat recent development that fortunately i've gotten myself out of but uh mobile waifu collector rpgs it's like Mm. a very specific niche but there's quite a few of them um and i got into this like i started with just like mobile rpgs and then eventually somewhere along the line, I started playing a bunch of mobile idle RPGs because I was just like, oh, well, I can just set up my party the way that I want and then the game will play itself and then it'll increment on its own and I can upgrade my party and then rinse and repeat. And that's really low impact. So that's cool um, for a, a busy person like me. So then from there, went further down the rabbit hole and found the the world of mobile waifu idol RPGs where the whole idea is like, there's kind of a thin veneer of R- of RPG in it in that it's like, yes, all of these units do things and you can create a party and like, you know, run dungeons or whatever. But really the main draw is like, look at this like fucking artwork we did for each one of these characters. And how is it that we're not breaking the terms of service of the Apple store by showing you this and also ostensibly allowing children to download this game. Um, Cause some of that shit borders on hentai. Like I'm not even going to lie and I'm surprised they got away with it. But for a little bit there, there were a few of those that I downloaded and played and some of them actually had decent game mechanics, surprisingly, but Do you play it with one hand. I mean, that's part of the draw, man. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, let's let's be honest. We all know why you're there uh, on one of those kind of games. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's why my number two is that. And what's funny is uh, once you hear my number one, you're gonna laugh that it trumped waifu collector mobile RPGs. But there you go. Number one. All right, I guess it is turn for my number one. And I know what a lot of you are thinking. You're like, Chris, you have gone an entire flight so far. This is the fourth one. And you haven't said Final Fantasy yet. What? This is a miracle. You, you, Final Fantasy is not going to make this list, right? Wrong. <laughs> Final Fantasy 2 is my number one guilty pleasure. Mm. No, no, not the one for the Super Nintendo. Not that one. No. No, I'm talking about the actual Final Fantasy 2. I'm talking about the game where you have to attack your own characters in order to gain hit points. I'm talking about the game where you have to spam magic spells in order to make them be worth a shit. I'm talking about the one that has an incoherent, well, not really incoherent, but a a, a bland enough plot that doesn't really make sense, but still makes sense at the same time. I am talking about the game where so many of your party members die throughout it you can make a graveyard and 
no one even cared about it until Aerith died, that they they made a big deal about this happening in the series. Oh, did I just spoil Final Fantasy VII? I don't give a shit. Oh, God, no. Final Fantasy II. I love it. My entire heart is with Final Fantasy II. I will fight for Final Fantasy II, as you heard in the great FF debate. If you are in one, of, if you are one of our patrons, I put it higher than probably anyone reasonably should. It should probably get me checked into a mental health facility for as much <laughs> as I defend this game, because I will stand for it. I will stand for it like a K-pop fan. You will not take Furion away from me. You will give me my Maria. You will be that big, lovable bear guy and whatever the Dark Knight who disappears and only shows up in your party for like the last hour of the game and you have to completely grind him because he doesn't have anything good about him going on. Final Fantasy 2 is my number one gaming guilty pleasure. You will not tell me it's a bad game, even though I know it's a bad game. It because I love it and I will play every single version of that game that ever comes out from now until the end of time. And I will tell you to play it, too. And then when you tell me it sucks, I will call you crazy. Love it. My number one is Final Fantasy two for the Nintendo Entertainment System. I love I love the, the dedication and enthusiasm that you have there for that. All right. My number one and this might not be surprising if you've been a listener of the show for some time. Biggest gaming guilty pleasure is Castlevania for the Nintendo 64. This game is objectively bad. I know yes. this. I am aware of this. I have come to terms with this. However, I disagree. It is fun to play it just is like i okay listen a lot of this comes from nostalgia i will say that because it's one of the games i own for my n64 and also i just really loved the the whole aesthetic um in a actually i had to think about this for a little bit and what is probably complete batshit insanity to some people I am almost 100% certain that Castlevania 64 was my entry point into the Castlevania series. <laughs> that's highly possible, given your situation, yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so that's probably also a big part of it. But you know what? Truth be told, like, is it janky? Fucking yes, absolutely. Does it have some frustrating shit, especially because it's an, a very, very early 3D platformer? Yes, it does. But uh, I went back and played it again um, when we did our episode on it a few years back. And you know what? I still had a good time. Like, it's it's still actually pretty enjoyable to play. And there were a lot of interesting things that they did. The environments have a lot of personality. Um, they weren't afraid to just go off the fucking wall. I mean, listen, man, any game that like 15 seconds into it, you get lightning strike and a big ass tree falls over and then shortly after you get a bunch of skeletons that rise up from the dirt upon which you tread to attack mm. you followed closely by a skeleton driving a motherfucking motorcycle which that's makes what you need, really zero sense but i don't care because it's amazing <laughs> Why, why does it make zero sense? I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, there are many reasons, but, you know, we don't need to go into it. Suffice to say, it's it's insane, but I, I love it. And and the fact that also, like, they almost immediately throw you into a boss fight against a giant, like, gorilla skeleton is just 
It's it's great. Um, I I this is one of those ones that I am still to this day and probably till the day I die. I am campaigning for an HD remaster. I want it. I want to see it because I, I think it is worth it. I would buy it day fucking one. And you know what? I understand, by the way, that there was technically a better version of this game released for the same fucking console called Legacy of Darkness. Um, it improved on like a lot of the same issues. year. Yeah. Yeah, actually. And it improved on a lot of the issues. This is basically like their version, their version of like, this, this is a patch, but it's a whole ass game and we're going to sell it to you again. Um, that's <laughs> the probably, I'm sorry edition. <laughs> yeah. And like objectively <laughs> legacy of darkness, if you were even going to go back and play these, probably the one you should play, but that's not the one that I owned. I had the first one. And so to me, it's, uh, it's still a fun Castlevania game, even if it's probably one of, I would say one of, if not the most hated entry, I think, in the entire Castlevania pantheon. I don't think it's the most hated. I think that's Castlevania Legend or Castlevania Adventure. Uh, that's true. Well, it's definitely high up there. I know that for a fact. I, yeah. It, I, actually, I think people are starting to come around to your position. Well, it's about in, fucking in time, era. is what yeah. I'm saying. It's about yeah. time Castlevania 64 got its due. Yeah, I think people feel about Castlevania, uh, Castlevania for the Nintendo 64 that uh, the same way I feel about Saga Frontier and how people just kind of came around and started recognizing that it's not as bad as everyone says it is. But um, I, I, it's few and far between. It's it's you're definitely right. That is a great guilty pleasure pick because I think you defend it harder than almost anybody I know. <laughs> everyone else is like, no. I'm like, okay. Nah, man. Uh, it's totally worth it. Uh, so... At any rate, I guess that means that we have reached the conclusion of this flight and our top five gaming guilty pleasures. So, uh, by the way, I think I, I forgot to mention this like explicitly in the last flight episode we did a little while back. But if you uh, if you would like to contribute directly to the top five lists that we have on on the flight, uh, you That's can right. do that. By becoming a patron and joining in on our Discord, we have a dedicated channel for top five suggestions, and you can hop in there and tell us any wild-ass shit that you want, and we will add it to a running list, and then you guys get to vote on that, and uh, the ones with the most votes, that's what we do. So that's how we pick these lists, by the way. It's it's crowdsourced. It's, it's democracy at its finest, and you can be a part of it as well. Yeah. And by the way, at the time of this recording, we are sitting at 24 patrons. Thanks to all of you. Yes. And if we get to 25, I have promised to get a capture card. And speaking of guilty pleasures, play Wii U games for you with it. I'm sure that everyone's looking forward to some Wii U love. I say on That's... one hand, I'm surprised that that didn't make your guilty pleasure list. But then I thought no. about it and I realized that you have you are not guilty or shameful about that whatsoever. No, no. And the <laughs> Wii U is fantastic. So I'm never going to feel guilty about it. It's not a guilty pleasure. It's there a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know what? Uh, as we usually or as we are want to do. I haven't, I haven't done that in a while. Uh, nice. yeah. Um, if you, if this is the first time that you've listened to the show, because there's gotta be at least one of you out there, then we would like to, to welcome you personally. Hello. How are you? We are glad right. that you have joined us. 
Um, if you would like to engage with the show uh, beyond just listening every time we drop a new episode, uh, then you can do that and we make it easy for you. You just got to head over to Linktree slash Retro Hangover and uh, choose the destination that suits you best, whether that is our socials, our YouTube channel, the Patreon or the merch store, if you would like to support the show in that fashion. Uh, or uh, you could also head over to our Twitch channel and hang out with us in real time. When when do we do that, Chris? Oh, well, you know, if you head over to twitch.tv slash retro hangover at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the United States or Eastern Daylight Time, whatever we do, uh, just head over to twitch.tv slash retro hangover where we're probably going to be playing Lunar or something. Shane will probably be playing Lunar right now. I will be playing something else. I don't know what that's going to be yet, but uh, we'll be playing games of some sort. And we have great conversations over there. You get to find out what certain things taste like, apparently. Um, <laughs> and if you want to know what we're talking about, you need to head over to our Twitch channel mm. at twitch.tv. Metallic slash water retro. fountains. Yeah, you get to find out what tastes like a metallic water fountain. <laughs> so <laughs> We will see you there. Uh, twitch.tv slash retro hangover. There you go. All right. Well, with all of that being said... Until next time, play with your what could possibly go wrong joysticks.